Welcome to the Living Inspired Podcast, a podcast designed to uplift and empower you to be the best version of yourself. Every episode, we dive into a topic about mindset, motherhood, business, empowerment, or creativity, all topics I'm extremely passionate about. If you want to grow, this is the place to be. Today on the Living Inspired Podcast, we are joined by Rose Perlman. If you are a fellow punch needler or fiber artist, I am sure you have seen her beautiful creations. Rose is an artist, teacher, and textile designer. Her creations blur the lines between art and craft and pushes the boundaries with non-traditional techniques and materials. Her work has been featured in fiber magazines, galleries, and numerous online design sites. And she has a book, Modern Rug Hooking, which is available wherever books are sold. And it also happens to hold a place on my bookshelf as well. Thank you guys so much for joining us for our discussion today. We talk all about family, life, and what it has looked like growing up and developing Rose's creative style. Thanks, you guys, so much for tuning in. Let's get started. So please do tell me, like, I have your book, so I know a majority of, like, your story of how you started out with your mom and all that. So I would love to hear more about that. You know, what you got started, please tell the audience, because I so I know some of them don't have your book. Sure. So I grew up in, a, in an artistic household. So my mother and my father were both painters, mm-hmm. art painters, I should say, um, and in I also grew up in an art residency program. So mm-hmm. our house was really on this property. My meals were eaten in a dining hall with um, like 60 other artists that came and went. Um, wow. Usually a session was four weeks. And so growing up in the arts was just normal to me. And even though this art residency center was in a small town in Northern Vermont in the mm-hmm. town wasn't at all artistic and the local schools you know it was just like a small rural town um that tiny little community that i grew up in was all about the arts i love that i am jealous (laughs) it was it was magical and unfortunately you don't appreciate it as much as when you leave it or Mm. as as a kid i just didn't know how good it was and then I've only tried to get back there since I've left. It was um, it was a wonderful upbringing. Yeah. What did that look like on like a daily basis? So my parents are the type that always have people in the house. So it was like <laughs> I had my own room, but I would come downstairs. There was always be a variety of characters in the mm. house at all times. My house was divided mostly like half of it was studios for my parents and, and the other half was like our living space. And, or I should say and the part of it was an art store. My mother, that's how she kind of made a living was providing art materials to this community. So okay. the art store was in the house. There was massive studios and then there was our living space. Um, the kitchen didn't get used much because it, we ate in a dining hall and um, there was art supplies everywhere. Um, my parents just brought that into all parts of our living. So the dining room table was mostly just like a craft table and where, you know, they would have friends over. Um, so it was kind of a revolving door of meeting new people. Uh, there was art lectures, there was poetry readings, there was, um, gallery openings, all of it. Um, and of course I, yeah, I loved it. I loved it for the social aspect, but I have to say, like, I wasn't so interested in the arts. And mm-hmm. I think 
was a part rebellion, but I saw myself as being so different from the artwork that was being um, celebrated and talked about. Like I just didn't understand. And mm-hmm. it was a lot of abstract art and that was my parents' style. Um, and I liked it, but I didn't, I think it wasn't like a passion of mine. Then. Yeah, it didn't resonate with you. It didn't. It didn't. I, I liked making things, but I was definitely a crafter. I liked mm-hmm. making things that I could use. Um, you know, maybe I liked fashion or, or just putting together like little like sewing things. Very mm-hmm. different to what my parents were doing. Yeah. But you see that reflected in like the things that you create now. You create some purses that I've seen. Like I can definitely see that in that, that some of the items that you create. Yeah, I definitely, I still feel like a crafter. Yeah, I, I have a hard time like saying, oh, I'm an artist, but I'm like, oh, I make things, I make rugs. It's so, so much easier for me to say that yeah. than like, I'm an artist, which is mm-hmm. hard. Um, but my parents are artists with a capital A. Uh, and being in the house, and my sister, actually, I should also say, my sister grew up, she's also an artist. Okay. Yeah, Does and she painting or? Yeah, she's a painter, um, and her partner is a very celebrated artist, and so it's like, yeah, we didn't. So what do you guys do for holidays? <laughs> like, what does that look like as a, just a giant artistic family? Well, you know, we're all on different, um, in terms of, like, all getting together. Because of COVID, we were all yeah. together over the summer, mm-hmm. um, and there was a lot of us in an art-filled house, mm-hmm. and um I am a person that needs um, space, needs things to be very kind of organized um, and open for me to kind of like my mind to breathe. Yes. Like I, that's just the way I function. I have no idea how I came out of my family because (laughs) everyone else is like, the more the better. Like my parents just take in and it's not like they're, they're shoppers or anything like that, but they just find that everything can be useful. And so they hold on to things, they store things. Um, my sister's partner, he is a, like a found artist, so he just stores. They fill apartments to the ceiling where you can't even look. So we were all living in a space, um, taking over the studios, and it was so chaotic and fun and wonderful. But like in terms of needing that visual space and the clutter and the white, I just needed... Um, it was a wild time. It was a lot of fun, but it was also like I needed my own space too. I totally get that. Especially, I feel like with Punch Needle, especially, you kind of have to like, it's such a peaceful thing that if you have like chaos around you, it's so easily to be distracted by that. Cause like for me, especially, I'll look at something, I'll be like, oh, I need to go like clean up that or those dishes in the sink need to get done. You know, it's it's a challenge. And in that way, like Punch Needle, it can fit our lifestyle so well because we're we're often need to be pulled in different directions and you can constantly pick it up and put it down. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, the challenge is staying with it for long periods of time. And I always blame things on, on my kids having a daughter and always needing to stop and start and stop and start. But the truth is, even without her, <laughs> I'm always like, oh, there's that. And then I want to, and then there's, and so um, I think I my mind kind of works that way as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how how did you find your style? Because, I mean, from what I see from your rugs, like a lot of your artwork is more abstract on your rugs. 
but then you do have that element of crafting. So what made you kind of like delve into creating more abstract work, even though that wasn't something as a kid that you were like really drawn to? Yeah. When I finally did kind of sneak in art, it was always with that bent towards my parents. It mm -hmm. had that abstract edge. It dealt with a lot of geometrical shapes, mm -hmm. color, the idea of planes. So it seeped in there. It yeah. was in there. And it's like something that, you know, every time you just go to sketch, it just comes out. I can't render. I'm not um, a realistic kind of illustrator or anything like that. Those are not my skills. Mm -hmm. um, and I gravitate towards this. So no matter what I'm doing, those are the shapes that really kind of pull me in. Mm -hmm. And and even though I've experimented before, I have found rugs. Um, I experimented with painting and collage and things like that. And it, it was always those types of designs that yeah. came out. And so when I found myself with a punch needle, it was the obvious, it was the obvious thing to come. Yeah. I totally get that. Um, so when, when did you start punch needle? So I started when my son was very young, maybe he was two or three and my son is 14 now. Mm -hmm. Um, and I started because I couldn't get to my other bigger craft projects or art projects. And I always have to have my hand in something. Um, I was very frustrated with not being able to take out paints and then have to put them away or not knowing how long a nap was going to be. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't want to create any more of a mess because as a parent, you're just, <laughs> you just feel like you're always cleaning. Yeah. And so anything that involved more time that way, I wasn't interested in. I was also living in New York City, as I am now, and um, space is very limited. Like uh, the kitchen table was, has always been my space to, mm -hmm. to make art. So cleaning it and clearing it every time I wanted to do something, that was also a, a problem. Um, but I was feeling the pull to create with color mm -hmm. and with I wanted to do something in that regard and my mother she just she just knew she sent me a package with a punch needle and a traditional hook oh, okay all the materials that I would need um, I knew enough about stretching a stretch of our frame and mm -hmm. I think that was my first frame and I should say my mother she's an oil painter but when she had children she picked up um, rug hooking she taught mm -hmm. herself and she uses a traditional hook. Oh. And in northern Vermont, um, this is a very common craft. Yeah. And I left because in New York City, you can't go anywhere and buy these supplies. You, you can't. There's, I mean, now there is, of course. Yes. <laughs> but before, when I was interested in it, there was nowhere to go to, to get, like, rug yarn or, or the backing cloth or the punch needle. Um, but in Vermont, there is. You could go to any, like, country store. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, fiber, fiber studio. You know, these little homes would have fiber studios because it's a very traditional craft. And so my mother, um, she started making rugs in the living room when we were children so she could watch us and mm -hmm. she didn't have to be separated and there wasn't oil and paint involved and she just translated her abstract paintings right into the the wool and she would strip her own wool oh, um wow. she'd get big bolts and she had a stripper machine um and it created a lot more uh, like dander uh yeah. you strip the and it, and it when you punch or you a little bit yeah so i remember like there was like layers of that like colorful dust everywhere Aww. 
Yeah, and she would slowly chip away. I mean, a big rug would take her years. Mm. She had so much going on. Um, You know, she just wasn't sitting down and working on her rugs. But it satisfied that need to create for her. Yeah, and I didn't pay any attention to what she was creating or what she created. It was just in the background always. Mm. And and she just um, instinctively knew, I think, when I... When I was needing something, kind of what would, yeah. I was like, hmm. I didn't ask for it. Every time, like, where? Yeah. yeah. So, so um, with like the, with rug hooking and punch needle, how do you incorporate that into, I guess, for my selfish reasons, like while you were a mom with a young child, and then what does that look like now? The similarities are are striking. It's 10 years later, um, over 10 years from picking up a punch needle. Uh, but I found that when I'm with, and I'm full-time as a parent now, um, Mm -hmm. my kids just had birthdays. So just 14 and just four. Mm Um, yeah, but as a full-time, it's a lot and it's a lot to be with them and to be present with them without feeling like you're they're playing you have to mm-hmm. entertain them um I do find that uh you can't be in front of a screen or I can't be because first of all you can't communicate with them and and like what you know get something on Instagram or read an email there's just that cut off that division yeah. and then they see you looking at the screen and then there it is a screen so there's that complete division so I have that's Technology goes away, computers go away. But I find that if I am engaged in something like punch needle or rug hooking, she can see what I'm doing. You know, mm-hmm. it's present. I can constantly like get her the things she needs, initiate play, start things. And on the good days, she'll like finally settle on something for a while. And I can kind of punch a rug next to her or, mm-hmm. you know, in theory, it feels like we're together still. Yeah. Where other activities or other interests of mine, I definitely need to kind of have my own space to do. And so in that way, you can really incorporate family. And I think the traditional rug makers or quilt makers, right? That's what it was about. Mm -hmm. Sometimes after hours, after everything was done, but it could also be in the company a family, you could have the TV on in the background. If it's after hours, you could have the podcast on, you could keep jumping up and doing what you need to do. And slowly these rugs get chipped away. I think that's what's amazing is that like you put in a little bit of time and it adds up, you know. Definitely. I mean, you create like beautiful works of art, but I find with like social media, I mean, obviously trying to grow a platform because like primarily like my commissions will come from there, but each piece takes, you know, sometimes a month to create or more. And then you're like, okay, I've got like, I have to post content, but like, what content do I have? You know, I've made so little progress from yesterday. How do you do that? How do you deal with that? I would ask you this. I'm so (laughs) impressed with your like social media and the way you incorporate and we can see what goes on. I, struggle with it um in the beginning i mean i struggle with technology (laughs) 
Um, Instagram was a way I, I could keep track of what I was making in the beginning. And I really kind of just saw it as my own, uh, you know, um, journal in a way. Yes. I'm a very visual person. And that's how it started. And then I could see kind of like what I was really gravitating towards. Of course, like people's feedback was was important to me as well. Yeah. And that's how like it narrowed into rugs. Um, and in the beginning, it was so fun because I was just freely posting whatever I made. Mm -hmm. The more attention I got, the more difficult it became for me to be free with my posts. And I had to be more considered with what I showed and how I showed it and information and responding. And now it's, um, it's hard. It's yeah. a little bit it's of a job. It becomes a job. It does. And it's not that I'm not so grateful and so appreciative of an audience and to get feedback and to be able to communicate. And that's incredible. But it's your own mind and what it does in terms of like trying to um, give people what they want or what you think they want or get the, the likes and the this. And that's what can really make you spiral. Totally. Uh, there's so much when I go on Instagram, there's so much I feel like I'm not doing and that's hard. Like I just see all the things that I could be doing to share and to better educate, to show more of my process. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's like, well, what is it I enjoy? Totally. And you have to do that. And then when you feel like sharing that moment when you finish, then that's exciting and that can be enjoyable to share. Mm -hmm. And I think your audience can also see that, that, um, it's knowing when to say enough. And lately I've been like a little, a little more like, because it's a little bit more work to like get out the camera and to show the process and to type up or to have the videos go or, yeah. yeah so it is a balance. Mm -hmm. When I get excited about how to show something and I feel like it's in a different way, then that's a new idea and I could be creative with that. But most of the time, if not something new and I don't have a new way to explain or share it and I just kind of keep a little quiet and yeah. show like yeah you wait for yourself yes yeah, yeah. Exactly. but I I do wish I had more of a comfort around social media and I was a little bit more free with what I share and how I share it and mm -hmm. the background information I just get a little I'm like post the picture say no <laughs> Nothing. Well, and I completely understand that. I think that's like a person to person thing. You know, if, if that's not something that you want to share with the world, totally understandable. Like it's, uh, I mean, it can, it, sometimes there's things out there that you're like, okay, you know, this is my life and it's not something that needs to be shared with all of these people who are following me, you know, yeah. especially when you want to live a more present life, it can be it's very difficult for me, especially now, like keeping up with comments and DMs and then, you know, okay, I need to create a reel or like, how can I post this image? And then also being like, okay, but I'm my daughter's mother and like, I want to be present with her. It's definitely like you were saying, like a balancing act and you have to kind of figure it out, figure out what makes you happy, what works for you. I mean, ultimately, that's all that really matters. It is. It is. But I, I also want to be so, like, respectful to my audience, too, that has these questions. You know, I, I created a book. I created 
um, classes, things like that. And I want people to feel free to ask me questions. And there's a responsibility and not getting back to people on time or feeling burdened by that. I just want everyone to know, like, I appreciate, I appreciate it all. And I'm sorry if I don't get to it. Um, yeah. When I make a post, I'm, it's so, um, at the point, I'm at the point where I get so caught up in my head when I make a post that I put the, the technology away and then I don't look at it. And then I feel bad because I didn't respond to the comments, you know, mm -hmm. like, <laughs> the wheel. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm, what, at like 22,000 people, and you've got probably five times what I have, so I can only imagine the amount of comments and questions and that you get, and probably the same exact questions over and over again, and that can be rough, too, so <laughs> it's, it's definitely a challenge, so as I hopefully continue to grow, I, I really hope that I can take pieces from your story and what you're doing, because... Yeah, I think, I mean, social media is great. It's fantastic. It has so many wonderful qualities, but then figuring out how to live your life and truly be present and enjoy what's in front of you. It's sometimes I'm wondering, I'm like, okay, is this really the right platform? Like, should I just, I don't know, stop? It's, it's rough. Yeah, mm -hmm. but what you're doing with the education and stuff, it takes so much from my plate. Responsibility. It's. I mean, I see what you're doing, and you're doing it so much better in terms of explaining and the background information and and the setup. Oh, so I think. I mean, you're really helping what I do in the education out there of the this great craft. Mm -hmm. What would you say to like inspiring artists out there who are looking to start either punch nail or just anything artistic in general? What would you tell them? Like words of advice. I always think the hardest part is starting. I mean, even for me now, like starting a new piece, like how big is it? I have to stretch it. You can get in your mind about um, the challenges ahead of you, what it's gonna be, what you're gonna not be able to do, all these things, and you don't start, right? So it's really about chipping away at anything. About, and it's also about playing. Mm. Like, punching might not be your thing, you know? Yeah. It, you can, but have your hands in lots of different things. Find what you love to do. It may not be the only thing you like to do, but to just start something, to chip away, to like, and if there's something that keeps calling you back, then that's a good, um, that shows that that's something that you should probably revisit. And if you're something you can't stop thinking about, um, in terms of like a business though, it's just one foot in front of the other. It's just like slowly working on something and building upon it. You know, nothing can be done in a, or nothing good, I should say, can be done in an instant. Mm -hmm. and just take time, but you have to start. Yeah. I at least think of it as a rug, as like, if you look at the whole frame, you're just completely overwhelmed enough to even begin. But if you just think about it in tiny sections, like I just have to fill in this section today. Mm -hmm. And, and my work is a lot about just blocks of color. And so sometimes I think about today is this, today is this. And then it's just a meditation of filling it in, get to the next point, and it, things work up and they build upon. And how do you care for yourself? Like, how do you have self-care as, I mean, as a mom, a full-time mom? Are, are your kids at home with you, like, full-time? 
yeah. schools well, when- canceled or at home? So I live in a small Brooklyn apartment. Um, they Everyone is here. So I have a husband teaching high school math at our kitchen table. <laughs> I have a um, eighth grader in his room going to school. And then I'm trying to keep my daughter away from both of them um, in her bedroom. But the, the whole space is all kind of very tiny. And as you know, like in the winter in New York, um, you can get outside only for a limited time. And then, of course, right now there's nowhere to go. And so there's always like a bathroom problem and things like that. So right now we were all together in a very small space. Um, so, yeah, I don't even know your original. Oh, the self-care. <laughs> yes. So I'm laughing, but I have to have like systems in place. Like one of the things is the apartment has to be clean. Mm. I mean my son's room, you know, clean comes and goes, but he can shut the door. But the rest of the space, we have to know where things are. We have to put things back. There has to be that element of like, um, space and cleanliness. And so nothing ever feels daunting in terms of get to anything. Um, I wake up, um, and I exercise need to do that. That's very important to me. And right now I'm lucky because my husband is working from the kitchen table. Usually he'd leave the house before seven. And so it would be harder to wake up early to get that exercise in. So now I have a little bit longer to um, to exercise. And it's not like I want to exercise when I wake up. <laughs> but I know it sets the day. It makes me feel better. Um, I'm someone that needs to move my mm-hmm. body. Uh, and then later in the day, I try to get a walk in. Um, and that means a walk by myself, not like a walk with my daughter and a scooter and everything, but that could be like 15 minutes, but Mm. it gets me outside. It clears my head in a different way. Mm. So those are kind of the two bookends that I really try to do for myself every day. Um, we all eat dinner together. I'm also like the cook for the family. (laughs) So dinner's important to us, um, sitting down every night to eat. Um, meals are important to us just you know and I think no matter what's going on if we've had a hard day food brings us together you you know I try to keep it healthy with kids so it's always it's never like frozen food I'm always trying to like make something I guess it's bringing back to like that whole community sort of lifestyle from when you were a kid yeah yeah you know, much smaller. Less yeah. Yes. <laughs> we had sacred family dinner time. Like we did not miss dinner time. Dinner time was very important. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. No. But also that time preparing the meal. I find that, you know, like you have to complain about it. So you get the credits. But <laughs> the truth, it's also a meditation of like, you know, you know what to do. You can mm-hmm. you have a podcast, if you, you know, or like a glass of wine. There's also that practice and it could mm-hmm. be very nurturing as well. Absolutely. Well, I just want to say thank you so, so much for chatting with me and finding time to chat with me. I know life is absolutely crazy, but I really appreciate it. Oh, this was my pleasure. It felt like talking with a friend. 
If you enjoy this episode, check out Rose's Instagram page, which is at Rose Perlman. She posts amazing DIY projects and beautiful creations that she has made. I highly recommend following her. Thank you guys so much, and I look forward to chatting with you guys again next week.